Lord. Yeah, so you kind of threw me a curveball with that countdown because we don't count down. We go on record. One, two, record. Not record. Not yeah. three, two, record or anything weird Correct. like that. Yeah. Correct. This is uh, some high tech podcast magicry right here. Magicry? Oh, shit. I'm already making up words. That's how the sausage uh, podcast is made. What do you got there? Today's podcast brought to you by uh, Pseudo Sue Pale Ale. Really cool cans. They got little dinosaurs on them. Rawr. See, he's got the hipster beer, and I've got the ubiquitous yingling uh, beer. And then he'll probably give me shit about it or something. Because it's not I have no, I, Yingling is one of my faves. So, uh, cheers. Some people give me shit about it. Like, oh, you drink yingling. I'm like, you know, I can understand if you're like ragging on me about Budweiser because I get the whole Budweiser thing. But yingling's not bad. Do you think they're like trying to say you're coastal elite? Is that why they're ripping on you for Yingling? I don't uh, understand. I I am I am a a lot of things, but I don't think coastal elite fits <laughs> very well. <laughs> yeah, I would never fit in those circles either. There's a lot of uh, mountain elite around these Boulder parts. Oh yeah, we got to do some quality people watching the other night. We definitely uh definitely don't fit in totally here oh you will there's a there's a groove for us but it's you know it's much like our old place pretty narrow lane but i like a narrow lane so uh summer's drawn to close here is there any seasonal changes yet i don't know if it comes early or late to the area (laughs) it was 90 91 here again today wow (laughs) so uh no seasonal change yet um rare rare instance of rain today Thanks for tuning in to Boulder Weather. I'm Bob. <laughs> it was 91 degrees, sweltering, but dry 91. The slight shower probably got 0.1 on the uh, measuring scale for rain. Wow. And now it's back to sunny. So, yeah. Uh, so, have you got a chance to use that fancy... That's where we're going today, ladies and gentlemen. Have you used that fancy <laughs> Apple credit card yet? I have not. I'm so afraid. I don't know why I'm afraid, but I've been afraid to use it. But I do... Take it out of my wallet and you know wave it around whenever I can, but have so, not uh, have not dropped it on a check yet. So part of their marketing is the credit card from Apple, not from a bank. Is that really true? I mean, isn't Goldman Sachs a bank and Mastercard's backing? I mean, is this just like uh, pissing on my leg and telling me it's raining? Ah, conspiracy theory here. What if Apple has purchased Goldman Sachs? <laughs> That is not true. I have no evidence to back that up. But what if? I, I do but find yeah, it it's slimy. It's got a GS. Isn't, you find it slimy? Yeah, it's like, hey, you know what? Uh, here at Apple, we've decided that by taking away minimalist, so we give you less and charge you more for it, you guys are finally getting hip to that idea that we're, we're fucking with you. So now, in a new way to fuck with you, we're going to put you in financial debt. We'll sell you the really overly priced technology. You can put it on our credit card so we can not only sell you the thing, but make interest on selling you the thing, right? Hey, 3% cash back though. Ooh, on a <laughs> on a 50% overpriced laptop. What a deal. So, so let's run some quick math here and figure out where like, you know, you're 100% right. This is Apple's newest scam to get millennials and wannabe millennials like me to (laughs) use their shit happy birthday by the way thanks man i'm one away from the big 5-0 and that's kind of freaking me out but uh (laughs) i feel like a kid so like i said wannabe millennial um but all right so my son and i both applied for the card right he got the card but he got a very low um limit i applied for the card got a much much higher limit however the interest rate that we were both offered, identical. And probably, if we look up the laws, borderline loan sharking. <laughs> so, <laughs> Wow. So, all right. So let, let's do some quick math here. They have an obscene, I think everyone gets the same interest rate, and I think it's all over 20%. It's, it's like, like 22.25. Or something. Yeah, yeah, ridiculous. Yeah. And so you get 3% cash back. On Apple purchases, you get 1% cash back on all purchases all the time. 
and they give you the money daily. So if I went and bought something at the Apple store for $1,000, I would get $300 back. Nope. No. That would be 30 $30. I guess $30 <laughs> back. I was like, woo. I but can I have dollars back. <laughs> <laughs> I'm shitty, shitty, shitty at math. But anyway, so uh, so I get those 30 bucks back. So that's 3% that's really coming off of that 20%. Kind of. Kind of. Because it's not like you're getting that off the interest rate. So Apple's got to be making juice somewhere in that 20% to be able to give 3% cash back and still have it be something that's tied to them fiscally. Like, why would they offer this if they weren't making money off of it? Oh, so for, for sure. So through my bank, I use a credit card. And for a time, I was paying interest on it. And it's a, it hurts, right? Paying interest. It's like, ah. But for the last several years, I've... I've gamed the system in my favor. I've, I pay my card off every month, and I get cash back. Do you pay it off in its entirety? Yes, I do. Do you pay it off in its entirety, or do you carry a tiny balance? I carry zero balance on purpose. On purpose, yeah. I'm just curious. I haven't figured out, like, because I do all the credit monitoring and stuff now, and I haven't... It, it's such a delayed, non-instant service, which really kind of freaks me out in today's day and age. But it's like, I'm trying to figure out if paying it, like if I do an $800 transaction and then pay it off right away, it probably doesn't even hit the credit rating because it's like, it takes over a month cycle, probably 45 days for a charge to hit your credit report anyway. Yeah, I I don't know. So I don't know if it even picks up the 800 then back to zero. So I don't know if it's necessarily helping my credit rating to keep it zeroed out. Well... I'm not doing it for my credit rating. I've, I've got good credit. I just bought a house, so I'm, I'm feeling good about that. Um, but I don't use my debit card anymore. So anytime I would have used my debit card, I now use my credit card for two reasons. Credit cards have much more protection than a debit card. It also is somebody else's money that's being risked, not mine. <laughs> and then I also get rewards. So I guess that's three reasons. And then um, every so many days, I check. Um, once my credit card charges are no longer pending, I say, yep, those are all legit. And then I just pay off my card throughout the month. So I'll actually make a credit card payment several times during a month. Wow. That's very interesting. But I guess you're just using it. It, You're just adding the step that a debit card takes away, basically, just for that layer of security. That's a very interesting concept that I was not really... uh, And for the rewards. And for the rewards. So I make probably $50 a month just by the rewards. So if you, if I don't know what the quick math on that is, is I'm, I'm churning five grand a month cause I can put anything on that card. I can put bills, anything. So if I was going to pay cash and they'll take card, I'll give them the card and then I'll pay my card <laughs> so I can totally uh, win that equation. That's a, now do you have one card that you use or do you have a handful of them? Um, I just, I just have Seven. I just have one primarily, um, and uh, you know I've considered doing like the Target red card and stuff like that, so you can get exclusive sales and whatnot. But having those department credit cards really does not help your credit. But seeing how I'm now in my forever home, I have no intent to buy a car anytime soon. Maybe now's a good time for me to get five percent off at Target. <laughs> I love it. Well, we had mentioned some slimy stuff, and uh, we have some big tech friends that have been known to do some slimy stuff. And I think in the news this week, uh, YouTube had to pay a nominal fee to the uh, Federal Communications, FCC. I think some of the money went to the FCC, and then some of the money went to the state of New York because they jumped on, or the city of New York that jumped onto the lawsuit. But... uh, I think they got fined, what, 170-some million dollars for, uh, this is about as slimy as it gets, ladies and gentlemen, for uh, basically exposing or using data of kids <laughs> uh, who are oh, watching their fun. videos. Yeah, that's... Yeah, so 100... It, but, go ahead. I was just going to say, $170 million if you're YouTube... Aren't you like, oh, that's it? 170 million? Sweet. That was it? It's, it's a rounding error. It's a to- it's a rounding error in Alphabet's, you know, bottom line, basically. 
Um, and I, yeah, I, so basically, FTC. I was just going to mention I see. General, yeah. I was just going to mention that I see a headline from Forbes that says, "Will YouTube creators actually pay the price?" Well, at the end of the day, probably either the advertisers or the creators, not Google, not YouTube, will ultimately not eat that cost. Google will not eat this cost, right? Well, I mean, that's that's what does eat mean? They're not even going to notice it. They're like they're literally laughing to the bank writing right, this check. Right. But what I mean is they're going to pass that on to somebody not named Google, not named YouTube. Nobody's not getting a bonus at YouTube this year, right? Right. Alphabet's going to be just fine, ladies and gentlemen. Um I think the bigger thing is is I think that some of the early headlines were kind of stating this in the articles kind of saying this is the state of government regulated like we we've talked about this before on the show the government's not prepared equipped ready probably and they probably aren't eager to jump in and try to wrangle this thing in but the owners of these properties are begging the government to step in because they can't do it on their own or they won't do it on their own they know they won't do it oh yeah we're 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 in Willy Wonka world of technology. The thoughts and opinions of Bob and Kevin of the Bob and Kevin show are exclusively the thoughts of Bob and Kevin and not the thoughts of their employers. Past, present, and probably not future. You are listening to the Bob and Kevin show with Bob Beatty Bar and Kevin Gishesky. Each week we cover relevant tech and social issues related to technology. Our website is bobandkevin.show. And our episodes can be found virtually on any podcast network. Be sure to follow us on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. Just search for Bob and Kevin Show. Hey, Kevin, what are we talking about tonight? Holy crap, Bob. Uh, We are talking about... uh, things like diversity in tech and that's such a controversial topic and quite frankly I'm a little scared to do this topic because of the angry mob of people who may totally misinterpret this and and call us out separately use little sound bites and oh by the way this is recorded and we can be edited to say whatever we want so we're going to talk about how diversity in tech is kind of being uh I don't playing out in weird kind of strange ways and um, we're gonna do our best to just talk through it I don't know that we're gonna solve any problems and I'm oh we're not solving no. shit I'm Kevin from the Bob and Kevin show and the other guy is yeah we're doing a little backwards tonight because I'm scared as hell of this topic uh, I'm Bob from the Bob and Kevin show <laughs> um, okay so so we we have not really, I wouldn't say friends, but uh, a fellow podcast that kind of really illuminated, shine the light on this for us. And um, I'm just going to go ahead and mention them just to get it out the gate. Sure. Probably start myself on a cascade of just awful statements, but I figure I'd start it on a positive note. Um, the Ladybug podcast. Actually, uh, it started with four super like high profile uh, women programmers, uh, developers women in tech i don't know they, basically the way they've described themselves now is an all lady hosted tech podcast for developers by emma webkin uh, ali spittle and uh, and i don't know cave because they've lost one kelly vaughn and they, they lost one of their and they uh, lost contributors Lindsay. Well. Lindsay. Yep. yeah so they so, started and i don't believe that this is what they originally put for their podcast description right I, th- I think their thing was is um, women in tech. You know, that's kind of their spiel. Women in tech, um, different perspective from the uh, uh, what many would call the status quo. And um, to play on what you're talking about there, they were called out by another woman um, on Twitter, basically saying, "You guys have a <laughs> you guys." There we go. It started <laughs> the podcast. I'm going to do a ding um, sound. Like we're going to put money in the jar. Ding. <laughs> Kevin's been fined again. Damn it. Um, okay. So uh, another woman developer, I think she's a developer, called him out saying, hey, great, but you're not 
diverse because you don't have any color because you're for white women and you don't have any diversity. And how can you be a diversity podcast without having, you know, somebody of a, of a different color? So that's kind of the setting the stage of what we're kind of talking around tonight. Full disclosure, this is an absolutely walking on eggshells topic. I'm sure will offend somebody. I'm sure we will be misinterpreted. I'm sure I won't know what the hell I'm talking about. But we're going to try to get through this, right, Bob? Yes. Also important to note um, that we riff this. Like, we have very minimal show notes. So we we briefly discuss what we're going to talk about. And in areas where we can collect a bunch of pre-research for a show, we do. Um, but I'm going to imagine that we're going to riff through this and probably step in big steaming piles of dung along the way because of that. But um, one thing that I did want to point out, and I felt really bad for Ladybug podcast with the stuff they were going through, um, and call out culture, that's a whole nother thing that we're going to talk about a little bit tonight too. But one of the things that I was just totally taken aback by and actually pretty impressed with the way they did it, they have four hosts. They're not sitting in the same room. They're full remote hosts. That's tough. So one of the things, yeah, one of the things that they were quote unquote called out for is that they, you know, it was just these four white women and they didn't, you know, they could, they could add diversity with guests. Well, you and I, as a two person podcast have struggled adding a third. So I couldn't imagine the technical and the recording logistics of adding a fifth. That's just... That's insanity to me. <laughs> I'm really glad you brought that up because that's one of my points. And I do have some notes and that wasn't in there, but it was in my thoughts. So I'm going to ask you a question, Bob. I love to ask questions of you, Bob. <laughs> As we always do on the show. <laughs> uh, Bob, are we even allowed to have this conversation? And the reason I ask is because you and I are two white males. So I know that sounds inflammatory, but I just want to kind of start... I want the elephant in the room to be a part of our discussion here. And the elephant in the room is the Bob and Kevin show can't possibly talk about diversity. There are two white males. They don't, they, they can't possibly offer any insight. Do you agree or refute that, Bob? <laughs> so Kevin forced the uh, elephant in the room to take a 200 pound dump <laughs> right on me with that question. Uh, so, I think popular societal opinion of the, you know, of the 2019 late in the year, and actually this has been going on for a while, society says, no, we can't talk about this at all because of the fact that we are two white dudes. Um, and I think that where it gets difficult for us is that we all should be talking about this regardless of, you know, fill in the blank identity regardless of how we identify ourselves or who we are as people, if we're not talking about this, then it's not getting any better. Um, so we're not supposed to talk about this, no. But obviously, we're going to, and we're going to make lots of mistakes. <laughs> so, Bob, I want to commend you for your bravery on this because you're right. I don't think we're allowed to talk about this. But you know what? It's it, There's a lot of hypocrisy in a lot of this, a lot of paradox in a lot of this. In order to get better at diversity... You got to talk about it. And if we're not allowed to talk about it because we are viewed as the dominant oppressive classes, <laughs> you know, I, I feel like that's not helpful either. So I'm, I'm going to, you know, I just want to talk through these things. I don't have the answers and I'm going to ask the tough questions because one thing that Bob and I like to do is we like to ask the tough questions. What we're really terrible at is solving. Wait, 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 anything, wait, wait. I don't, right? I don't actually like this. I don't like this part because you always ask me the hard questions. <laughs> okay, I always put Bob on the spot and I make him squirm. <laughs> and, and so I'll, literally, literally squirm. So I will probably talk to. So I, I also want to. Maybe now is a good time for our uh, show disclaimer. Um, you know, oh no, shit! I ran it. I ran it before we did the open. Oh, maybe maybe we need to run it every like <laughs> ten minutes, just so people get that this is tough. This doesn't represent anyone who may be paying us paychecks or whatnot. These are just honest, raw opinions. I'm also worried because do you have our 
Do you have our diversity bot queued up to give the uh, disclaimer? Um, yeah, you know, I, I can actually have uh, Showbot. Oop. <laughs> well, that's that's interesting, Showbot. Hey. <laughs> he said the letter P because clearly I don't know what I'm doing over here. Anyway, Showbot. The thoughts and opinions of the Bob and Kevin show are solely the thoughts of Bob and Kevin and not their employers, past, present, and probably not future. All right. He's getting good at that. He um he's going to take my job. Oh man. <laughs> yes. That means we'll have to split the pie only so many ways. Okay. So, kind of back on track here. So, we're not supposed to be really having this discussion cuz we're two white guys. Um does you know, I just want to make sure that doesn't make us insensitive, I don't think, or tone deaf cuz I I'm waiting for people just to be like, "Oh, these guys don't get it." You've got reason 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 why you shouldn't be talking about this and i don't know <laughs> let me ask you this bob next question diverse or yeah diversity in tech is needed is that a true statement i think diversity everywhere is needed but yeah it's actually it but it's so funny because like it's come so far so fast now was it super late and should it have been happening decades ago? Hell yes. But yeah, we're just now scraping, you know, we're just now looking below the surface. The iceberg looks pretty, you know, looks pretty good at the top, but there's a whole bunch of shit below that still needs to get figured out. But uh, yeah, diversity so, in tech is important. So next question for you, Bob. Um, would you say that it's easy to define what diversity you can spot where there's no diversity much easier than where there is diversity. Is that a true statement? I've gotten much better at that in the last few years of being able to spot old white guy companies. Yeah. <laughs> it's pretty, it's, it's gotten pretty easy to identify them now. Yes. All right. You've fallen into my trap. So if we can identify, if we can identify what being non-diverse looks like, Bob, can you define for me, or or do you have a good feeling of what diversity does look like? Uh, I think that's probably one of the things that is kind of like the giant question mark. Like when is when is the when is the quilt diverse enough? You know, and I I, and I think as a society mm -hmm. that's something that we're all struggling with is like what does what does that fabric look like that diverse homogeneous well now i can't even say homogeneous because that's not right so uh, what what does that diverse tapestry when is everyone happy with how that tapestry appears so, so if we take it back to the ladybug podcast four women just decide you know what wouldn't it be awesome if we did a podcast just that simple hey we're women we can represent the women demographic in in technology and i you know great idea and then someone comes along and says ah there's no diversity here and then they look at each other and go, well, we're not a bunch of white dudes. And yet they can check that box. But somebody's saying, ah, where's the color? You know, there's no color on your panel. So therefore, um, what would they have to do to become diverse? Are we suggesting that they have um, persons of color as guests only, they, meaning they can't have somebody who's white as, you know, as a guest? Do they have to replace a person? Do they have to add somebody and that's where we get into the slippery slope of what what constitutes diversity. Because if you add somebody of one ethnicity, you've checked another box, but you have 10 other boxes that aren't checked. And at what point do we say, wait a second, this is either ridiculous or who's gatekeeping this, Bob? Right. And this is probably where I put on ignorant white guy hat because I feel like perhaps that they just needed to say they were a tech podcast. Yes, it might be obvious to some that they're women, but it might not. But, I mean, I think where the mistake was made is that they possibly put out there that they were representing underrepresented groups and trying to do something about that. And then, once again, I'm going to probably sound like a broken record on this, someone felt the need to call them out. Now, if they put it out there that that's what they were trying to do was to weave this tapestry of diversity and they haven't been, then I guess that call out's warranted. But I guess I have a little bit of an issue with all this like, hey, I'm not putting myself out there, but you guys are fucking up. 
and this is why. And I don't agree with that part of it. So I don't think yeah, I answered I re- your question. No, uh, good job, Senator. Um, so, <laughs> so I this is going to take a left hand turn here. Um, the Ghostbusters, um, they had three white dudes, so we can, by our own kind of definition, not diverse, right? And then they hired Winston Zeddemore, who is a black guy. Are they now suddenly the diverse Ghostbusters, Bob? Because now they have a person of color on the team, and they can check the box. No, because they're all dudes. Ooh, all right. So they they uh, in Ghostbusters two, I believe Annie Potts' character, maybe she didn't wield the proton pack. Maybe she did. Uh, they're okay. All right. Ah, the the new new Ghostbusters are all women. Is that diverse? If you're looking at the, oh, <laughs> Jesus, if you're looking at the entirety of the Ghostbuster catalog, it starts to even the scales. But if you're looking at that particular production then by the same token that I said, no, they weren't diverse, they were all dudes, then the new reboot, where they're all women, not diverse. Which takes me to a thesis here statement. Is it possible to ever have equilibrium for diversity? Or is it always, we're going to be one side or the other, the pendulum's always going to be swinging, we're always going to try to hit the mark, and none of us can ever be right, and Twitter is just going to be full of call-out culture people because they know, you know what? what I'm asking for might just be impossible. It's impossible to have a Nirvana or as we um, might mention a mythical creature of diversity because we can try as we might, but I don't know if we'll ever hit that equilibrium. Will we? Well, I think that brings up a couple really great points. Um, One being Twitter. We'll put a pin in that, but the whole concept of diversity, is it something that's an end game or is it an ideal like, I don't know enough to know if the, the, the definition of diversity that we're all striving for is an actual achievable end. It's kind of like balance. You don't reach a state of balance and then you're done. Balance is always having to be recalibrated, recalculated. Is diversity the same? Because it appears from the society that I'm looking at, the rules and the goalposts of what diversity would include that's always changing as well. Yeah, and I feel like it's it's almost like a conspiracy theory of sorts. Oh, well, tech doesn't have diversity because the leaders don't want diversity. They only want white male. But I don't know if I could ever bind it. I hear that. I see that. That's the messaging. That's, that's what's being told me. But whenever I'm in interviews, I'm in a lot of interviews, I see a lot of different people. It's not all white dudes. I, I work with um, a ton of women. My CEO is a woman. My boss is a woman. Um, you know, uh, I, a person, one of my clients, the developer contact I work with on a weekly basis, she's a woman. I don't see where some of this is. And maybe I live in this bubble, but maybe so do other people live in bubbles that don't exist, don't, don't touch my world. What do you think? Oh, see, I think that there are corners of the globe, the spectrum, whatever we're going to call it, where, um, you know, diversity, I think from a corporate standpoint, diversity is an objective. So you take a look at your existing culture and you say, oh my gosh, everyone's old, white, and a dude. And how do we change that? First of all, you say, do we want to change that? And I think most organizations unless they've got a thing, you know, some dirty thing in the closet, they say, oh yeah, we should, we should strive to adjust that. And then there's a whole like cascading, like avalanche of things that go into that. So you can't just like snap your fingers and go, okay, now we're a diverse organization because there's very intentional steps that have to be, you know, outlined and, and a path to get there. And probably the first and most important for your organization, what does diversity look like for us? That, or that, look, look like's wrong because it's not just something you see. So what does diversity feel like for us? Right. Mm, that might be a wrong statement too. <laughs> and that, that's kind of what I'm getting at. We know what non-diverse looks like. We know that's bad. But I think nobody has any idea what right looks like for diversity. They just say, well, more, more of this. Well, how how much more? Can we quantify when will we be more diverse? 
And what I think people will also do is they get a gajillion followers. They they take their local environment, and if they're getting screwed over by somebody, they then extrapolate that through their thousands of followers and go, well, the entire world's like this because my world is like this. And that's where I'm like, wait a second. This comes back to the word guys. And I'm, I'm not getting fined on this one, Bob. Maybe the next one. But the word guys. <laughs> I asked my wife, I'm like, hey, you know, there's this thing on Twitter where people are like, get pissed off if you utter the word guys and there happens to be a non-male in the group. And she's like, that's ridiculous. I'm like, okay. I mean, I mean, if they don't want me to call them guys, I will certainly call them something else. But it's when somebody from a different culture bubble forces it on me and says, no, you can't even use it when I'm not in the room. You can't, you can't use that to refer to your wife. You know, it's just like these get out of my life. Um, and, and pushing down some of these things on me that, might exist in their world, but don't exist in my world. And I think social media, so to, to bring it back to an actual tech topic, social media, I think, attempts to force other people's local problems into a global solution that doesn't work because we're a bunch of different cultural bubbles. And Twitter really doesn't handle diversity, to be honest, because, and if I could back up a second and go, sometimes we... We, some people are young so loudly about diversity that they're being non-diverse themselves because they're, yes. they themselves don't notice that the world isn't just like what they, it is in their own zip code. And they'll say, well, I go and to I conferences, think, you know, or whatnot. Well, okay. Great. Go and I it. think that's the spectrum, the, the pendulum swing where, you know, it has to become radically different in the complete opposite direction and then hopefully the pendulum swings back to a middle balance. But I can blow your mind on the guys thing to a completely different level. I got sucked into a, reading a thread the other day that it's not just about men and women in a room and the word guys being used. Actually, at the end of the day, it does boil down to that. But apparently transgender individuals take huge issue because it's such a massive effort for them to re, you know, re-pronoun themselves, rename themselves in some situations where guys is used in the context where there's transgender people in the room. That's like a whole nother level of a an aggression, probably a microaggression, but aggression nonetheless. So like there's so many sticky words here, so many sticky words. Um but yeah, so I got sucked into that the other day. And so there's so much when it comes to diversity. It's almost like, and I hate to say it like this because there was one thing that pissed me off with the whole like Me Too culture was a bunch of dudes saying, I don't know if I'm going to know how to be in a room with women after this because, you know, nope, that means probably you're a creepy asshole if you think that. But I think some of that stuff bleeds into some of these diversity issues too because if, if you're in a group, you have no idea what's going on. Like there could just be a sprinkling of everything in that room, even though everyone looks exactly the same too. So like, that's a whole new weird thing of diversity. Yeah. It might be a group of old white guys, but two thirds of them, you know, might be heterosexual. A third of them might not be, uh, you know, a five of them might be transgender. Like who knows? There's tons of diversity in that homogeneous looking group of old white men. Like, and that's where it gets, so crazy to put your head around. Yeah, I, I think people have are no longer given the benefit of the doubt. If somebody has a perceived microaggression, especially on social media, it's go to DEFCON whatever and take them out. Followers, do your thing, Twitter. And that's just like, oh my gosh, really? This is This is what we're doing? And it really, really, really bothers me that, that's the thing. So speaking of Twitter, you know, have you ever seen birds? And it, birds is a good analogy where you get the <laughs> one bird and it changes direction and like the whole flock of birds, you know, or whatever a gaggle or whatever birds are. They all change direction. I see that so much on Twitter where people are so like in love with these micro celebrities because they've got N number of thousand of followers that our leader said this and she's kind of cute. So I have to support her or vice versa. So-and-so, Mr. So-and-so, who's got a couple hundred thousand followers, he said such and such, I have to show him my support and hit like. 
I really feel like it's too easy to go along with some of the bullshit. And I don't know the fix. And having a contrarian opinion to some of these things is difficult because growing up, we had bullies, right? And the traditional bully was big dumb jock who would punch you in the face, knock your books down, put the kick me <laughs> sign on you. Well, I hate to tell some of these people on Twitter who have umpteen thousand followers, you're the new bully and you don't think you are. And that's a problem because you think everyone else is the bully and you think you're a social warrior, but you're also forcing, you're bullying your position, your view of the universe on everyone else. And your call out culture, as you, you bring it out, is one of those things. People self anoint themselves as the gatekeeper. Aha! Since I have n number of thousands of followers, I have decided for humanity, for for all the traits that I represent, for all the white males in the country, this is what we think, and you are wrong. Followers, do your thing. And that, that's just <laughs> absolutely. Ten years ago, I never thought this we would have had this sort of thing. But people have lost their mind and lost their ability to think on their own and lost their ability to have a goddamn discourse that's civil anymore. We just want to yell at right. slam dunk on everyone and be like, ah, you know, we we got them or, you know, I'm, it's just so frustrating. Yep. Twitter has definitely opened the floodgates for discourse, uh, not necessarily for civil or. I mean, yeah, civil discourse. Some of it might be healthy. Some of this stuff is bitter pills to swallow. But yeah, I mean, I, I just, to take it back to Ladybug podcast, I, I felt really bad for them. And they did try incredibly hard to, you know, they have a, they posted a tweet about, you know, intent does not erase impact. And they may have intended to do one thing, but the impact of what they've done is another. But you know, the sad part is, is I feel and I fear that the net result for them is that this podcast is going to disappear. And they were providing a valuable, um, a valuable tool, a valuable resource, a valuable service to all developers, because they touched on a lot of, you know, like how to manage your freelance clients, CSS stuff, JavaScript. I mean, like, it was a very well rounded and, you know, it made it easy for listeners to to identify and say, oh, yeah, had that same issue. And then they provided that. And I, I think I fear that they're taking a break. And we talked about this when they first launched. They Their rise was so quick and so meteoric that, you know, we were like, I wonder how long this is going to sustain. And unfortunately, I think that the evil interwebs and Twitter are going to shut this shit down way faster than they even had hoped. So first off, Kelly Vaughn, I think you're hilarious. Um, so shout out if you listen to this podcast, hit us up. <laughs> um, but the the it, just don't tell your friends because they'll they'll be mad that you're listening to two white dudes talk about stuff. So. Oh no no. Uh, so the it, I feel bad for Ladybug Podcast mainly because I f I feel they've fallen into a trap. The trap is is they're trying to please everyone, and I really feel. That that's a, a paradoxical thing. So here in the Bob and Kevin show, I would say um, when when you start a podcast, you have, you can go one of two ways. You can go the the white knight or or whatever where we don't cuss, we don't cuss, we don't swear, we're we're gonna say the right things every time, and then you've got to you know keep up with that. Or you can go the Bob and Kevin show route, which is we don't give a fuck. We're just gonna talk. This is just two dudes talking. By the way. We don't claim to be diverse. We we never will be. We're just Bob and Kevin, and we were born as two white dudes, and uh, it is what it is. And our podcast is premised on, hey, we talk a bunch of stuff each week about tech. Maybe we should record it. So there we go. That's our premise. But for the Ladybug podcast, they've got you know when you're when you're kind of going that pristine, we're saying the right things. You make one misstep, or you get a little bit of criticism it can destroy your world. And I think they should just tell the haters to fuck off, to be honest. Be like, look, this is yeah. our podcast. I kind of wish that that would have been their reply. It's like, hey, sorry if we like... Sorry, right, not so sorry. We screwed up. <laughs> yeah, 
We screwed up. We probably shouldn't have mentioned that we were trying to address diversity. We are just four friends who love to do this, and we're going to record for a few hours a week and put it out there for all of you to enjoy. If you don't like it, fucking unfollow, unsubscribe. But if you do like it, we're here for us and for you too if you're going to hang out. Thanks. Goodbye. But you're right. They've fallen into this trap, and I feel like even in their... Like, I don't ever foresee a situation where you and I are going to be apologizing for who we are. And and Twitter has basically forced them, their Twitter following, that, you know, they didn't curate that. It just happened. But their Twitter followers, which would, they're probably an angry minority, an angry vocal minority, because that's the situation, have forced them to apologize for who they are. And my speculation is, is they lost one of their members because, I mean, if you follow them as individuals, you saw that they started to get DM, like they had DM issues from the jump with the podcast. So people were jumping in and personally DMing them and probably like shitting on one thing or another. Like, you know, this is too, this happens tons in our industry. This is way too basic. You should be smarter than this and you don't know what you're talking about because I'm developer God over here. And that was one thing I wanted to bring in too, is like ego and uh, diversity. Like, you know, there's so much ego in our industry. And I think that that complicates and negatively impacts diversity as well, because there's so many of us, those developers out there that have God complexes, yet they have imposter syndrome at the same time. So, <laughs> well, um, honestly, I, th- I think people have fake or faux imposter syndrome sometimes to appear humble. But they're absolutely ego maniacs. So I, I, I really think some people think they're clever and be like, oh, well, ha ha ha. I don't know what I'm doing. Ha ha ha. You know, or, or whatever. And they, cause they, they know that imposter syndrome gets likes or, or, you know, they play humble. Um, back to Ladybug, uh, they've got tons of followers. Um, Kelly's, you know, responded to me a few times you know she doesn't we don't know each other or anything you know but it makes my day but i you know if i had their number of followers i don't know how well i would handle it because there's so much coming in there's so much need to interact with everyone because that you know when you have a thousand followers you're like i need to interact with everyone so i can have two thousand followers and when i have two thousand you know at some point you can't keep up with it all and then the number of just asshole DMs, especially if you're a woman, I imagine, which I'll, I I cannot empathize at all with, um, you know, it just gets worse and worse and worse. So it's got to wear on them. So and there, and I wouldn't call them famous, but they would be like, they're like city block famous, you know, type thing. Very, very niche famous. And they, I, I would hope they would just try to figure out, okay, fuck y'all. If we're going to, it's, they need to Jerry Maguire. They basically need to say, who's coming with me? <laughs> Screw y'all. Who's coming with me? And you can follow me if you want. And, um, I really wish they would do that and be more sincere. Cause that sometimes I feel like they're a little, again, trying hard to say the right things as opposed, I don't know if I know the real, any of them. Um, because all I know is their Twitter responses. So what do you really know about somebody on Twitter? Probably nothing. But anyway. Um, no, hardly nothing. And I think that's part of, I mean, like, I think that their, you know, their tech industry fame, I think, caused them to try to have to mind their P's and Q's and try to be careful about what they're saying to who, when, all that kind of stuff. And, and I, I just, I, I feel hopefully... Even if we get to their level of popularity, hopefully we don't change. You know, yeah. I don't I, think we'd have to. What I what I'm just like kind of shaking my head. You know, I I go to like Walmart or something, and I look at some big poster, and it's got four people on there, and they're all Walmart associates. And I go, white woman, Hispanic woman, black uh, woman, and Hispanic male. And then I go to the next door, same thing. I'm like, wait a second are you not allowed to have a white male in advertising anymore? Is that like a thing? So next time you go out and look at um, like some sort of poster and it's got token people, if you will, just, Hey, we need people. You know, I, I, I know society's got the message. Okay. You can't just put four white dudes here. Got it. But now it's like the pendulum has swung so far 
that you can't even put a white dude in. We can put a man in it, but he can't be white. Okay, fine. You know, you can put a white woman in there, but, you, you know, it's. I feel like we're in this, like, weird world of, wait a second, why uh, aren't we overcompensating? I see it on Twitter. I see it in advertising. Um, there's all kinds of words coming at me called white privilege, uh, cultural appropriation. I don't even know how to navigate those words sometimes. I'm like, uh, those just words. What do I, I don't know. So I don't know. <laughs> what am I supposed to do, Bob? Uh, just go fetal and just let the world pass you by, apparently. Um, yeah, there was a lot to unpack there for sure. <laughs> Sorry. Uh, no, no, all good. Um, I think one of the, yeah, I got nothing that I can pick out of there. Not going to lie. So, long story short, I think we know what lack of diversity is. But I also think that no one person can define what equilibrium diversity is because you can't have infinite diversity. You can only because you can have too much diversity, right? That would be basically possibly the Walmart ad I just mentioned where, hey, don't put a white guy in there. Um, Right. But I think there's also a part of society in this culture right now that says, you know, it's okay to put the the old white guys on the back burner and they don't need you know, it, once again, that's that pendulum swing. Um, but that's not diversity. That is mostly diverse, except for, you know, fill in the blank. And I think we've got a lot of that going on in all facets of society. And that's where we have to figure out how to, like, turn the giant blender on and just make sure that little pieces of every kind of person are scattered everywhere. Ooh, that's gruesome. <laughs> yeah, and, and what doesn't help is we have a world leader fanning the flames basically giving a couple a couple world leaders that's right true. now totally fueling all of the i don't want to call it propaganda from from one side or the but basically making people who i feel are just totally like diversify everything until we're you know whatever they're being validated by these world leaders by saying, oh yeah, we don't want immigrants. Oh yeah, go back to your dirty country. Oh yeah, you know, all these just, what is going on in this wacky world? And sometimes I think that we have people on the left and the right that are so far extreme that they actually bend around and stand next to each other. The spectrum bends so far around. I'm like, wait a second here. You guys actually- Oh no, it's a circle. It's totally a circle. You guys are- there I go. Find me. <laughs> Y'all are <laughs> are so extreme in your thinking. You're actually saying the same thing, but fighting each other because you are on the opposite side and you've been programmed that that is the enemy and what, you know, oppose them at all costs, even though you're saying the same thing sometimes. So, right. And it's funny because they're both actually referencing the other. Like when you talk about when, when you're pro diversity, you're pointing out we need more others, really. And then when you're anti-diversity, you're saying we want to keep the others out of our club. So it, in that totally supports that circle thing. It's just so weird. Um, I want to bring it back for a second, if we can, back to ego and tech. Because you and I have both attended some conferences throughout the years. And you and I have both spoken at conferences throughout the year. And I think where conference organizers are challenged to do, to be more inclusive, more, you know, uh, foster more diversity, they basically have to say, I have two speakers, one of which might represent diversity and the other, which potentially looks like they don't represent diversity. And they have to decide which speaker to keep and one. And and that's on one end of it, which to keep and which to say, sorry, no, thank you. But then there's also the whole challenge of reaching what diversity looks like for that conference speaker lineup. And I just like, that's probably why I'll never manage a conference because I'm looking at the content and the makeup of the conference from a content perspective, not what the person looks like, smells like, who they sleep with that are presenting at my conferences. So there's a lot of parallels in the hiring industry too, right? Because yes. when you have a bunch of people walk through your door and you need to hire somebody, you know, at the end of the day, hey, we're building this thing. Whoever can help me build the thing better, faster, cheaper 
that's who I want on my team. And if we start going, well, diversity equals this mathematical formula of what what your background is, we we tend to <laughs> we're not the goal is no longer to be better faster cheaper the goal is to satisfy somebody the same somebody who can't define what diversity is to the nth degree you know what is perfect diversity we don't know so if we had a fictional hiring here at the bk show we had an intern or let's hey we're gonna hire a ceo actually make some damn money for us i'll take any application from anyone who wants the job. And if it happens to be an old white guy, so be it. If it happens to be an old lady, so be it. If it happens to be somebody who's 20 years younger than me, so be it. I don't care what your gender is. Can you do the job? And so we do, I, I, I do hear you with the conference thing. It's uh, people call each other. Oh, this is so white. Oh, this is, you know, it's like, well, geez. God, no, no good deed is gone unpunished in our society, right? It's like, the well, and I think the ch- challenge is, is like, yeah, all right. So a conference or an employer might want to be diverse, but how does that employer and what is the timetable? So, all right, call for speakers, conference, call for speakers. We know that the conference is in December. Do we put out the call for speakers the day after the conference concluded the last time? Probably not, but maybe they should because it might take time. I guarantee you there are there are probably f- 500 exactly equal to me people out there as far as talent, speaking, whatever the case may be. And they probably represent, you know, there's probably representation of every speck of color on that giant rainbow tapestry that's diversity. But how does the conference call for speakers reach those people? And, and if I'm one of the first people to respond and my topic is on, on message and the resume supports that I could be the speaker, how long do they have to wait to find somebody who doesn't look like me to deliver the same topic? So, Bob, if I'm running a conference <laughs> and I say, well, Bob, um, we want you in the conference because you're a great speaker and your content is amazing. You would feel good, right? Yeah. If I were the same conference organizer said, Bob, we want you in our conference because we need a white dude speaking. How would you feel? That would hurt a little bit. It would feel weird too, but yeah, I I think, and another thing to say is like, Hey Bob, we like your speaking. We like your content, but we need to be a little bit more diverse and that's where the ego comes in. And then, you know, if you if you can put the ego aside, you're like, yep, I totally get that. Uh, can't wait to be to the conference and see how you put it all together. Thanks. Have a great day. But, yeah. there's, but there's many dudes in our industry who would shit a fucking brick if you called them and told them that. Sorry, you know, you'd be a great speaker for this conference. However, you don't fill one of our diversity requirements and we're going to have to take a pass. They would, they would not show up, first of all. And they, and they would... And they would call the conference out and then they'd get flamed by right. all the social justice warriors for calling them out for that. <laughs> Which is like, I feel like, you know, there is no, it's, it's like asking the ocean currents to stop. Hey, stop moving around out there. We've found that equilibrium. It ain't going to happen. It's just a force of nature uh, of, of humanity, it seems like, that we're always going to have issues with diversity. But Okay, Bob, if, if if I ask you to step aside and then you just like I asked you, how would you feel if, if you were the token white guy? But now you're the now you're the person who's replaced you. God, that, that can't feel good, right? Hey, you're not here because we think we respect your work or anything. You're here to fill a demographic. I doubt that any conference organizer is gonna tell the person that they pick that you know what? You seem to be a really good speaker. We like your topic idea. And you know what? Bonus. You happen to actually be a, you know, a, a transgender woman of color. <laughs> right. They're, 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 they're not going to say that. It will not be explicit, but you bet your damn ass it's going to be implicit, right? Right. So. And, but so, and that's another weird thing because if a conference, and I, I like using this conference metaphor because I think it comes up a lot. If a conference says, hey, shouts to the rafters, we're looking for diverse speakers. 
I think that's probably better than them not saying that they're going for a diversity thing. And then, you know, when you, sh- I don't know, I don't know. Wow. The, yep. Send your hate mail to Bob at BobandKevinShow.com. <laughs> well, we don't, we don't have the answer, but I think what we're pointing out is the elephant in the room. This is not new information. This isn't an invention of Kevin and Bob. This isn't some sort of weird agenda that Kevin have to push old white guy agenda or anything. We're just, hey, this is the world we live in and we don't have the answers. We're just talking through you know, the world from our perspective, because that's that's what we do on this podcast. <laughs> it's the perspective of the world from Bob and Kevin. Now, if you want to say, well, it's the perspective of a world from two old white guys, you'd also be right. I don't look at this podcast as that at all. I, I look at it as just, you know, I'm a dad. <laughs> if you look at my Twitter profile, I list in order my rank, my my titles. I think father, dad, or husband, and then eventually, you know, Lego collector and developer. So, you know, I look at myself that way. But unfortunately, I think people would look at the Bob and Kevin show um, as, oh, it's that white guy podcast. And that's unfortunate because I totally just want to talk about tech stuff and I don't want to right. play these games and navigate all these words that I'm like, what are these words that are coming out i didn't even know what a subtweet was until recently i'm like man these kids and these (laughs) these words they use these days uh yeah i i hope this doesn't get us labeled as that you know two white dude podcast but have you seen the the negative tweets like about like hey white dude just because you're a white dude doesn't mean you need to podcast kind of thing no i'm just like oh shit yeah they're all over the place you know, just because you're a white male, please don't start a podcast. Because apparently that's the thing to do. If you're a white male, you start a podcast. And oh, fuck. Fun times. <laughs> uh, I, I didn't. I'm wonderful. So basically what you're saying is the I need to reread the subtle art of not giving a fuck. Um, probably right after this podcast or listen to it tomorrow before we release this episode, just so I'm prepared for all the people who point out all my ways that I've screwed this all up, probably, right? Yeah, it's going to be interesting. I mean, for anybody who is listening, and for anybody that's actually, you know, a little more hashtag woke than the two of us are, (laughs) uh, please be kind. Uh, there is no ill intent here. We are just a couple of confused individuals who don't really understand how we achieve this, you know, quote unquote diversity. Like uh, it's not an end, you know, an ideal. So help us out. Don't be cruel. We're just idiots. <laughs> so, you know what? I, I actually do have one solution I would like to propose. I've proposed this in the past. Whenever we have issues of racism, issues of what we're talking about today, gender issues, you name it. I think the one unifying event that could happen on Spaceship Earth as we hurtle through the galaxy is an alien invasion. So (laughs) if we get invaded by aliens, I tell you what, all humans will be like, hey, we're cool, right? We're cool, right? (laughs) And then... Everyone in America will be armed to the teeth already, and we'll have a good old time, right? So, alien invasion—that's we'll that's what I propose. We need, we we just need a new other to unify against. Apparently, right? You know, we well, just, we, oh my god, humans love conflict. We just need an off-world. I mean, of course, then we'll have like like the call-out culture of the alien tweeters be like, you right? Know, yeah, you just need to let them in. Yeah, they just want to be friends. They just want to eat your brains chill bro anyway hashtag not all aliens <laughs> <laughs> oh god <laughs> wow all right send your hate mail to bob at bob and kevin dot show all right we should probably uh, wrap this up right yeah sorry mom if you're listening i know you raised me better than this but uh i tried uh, <laughs> oh i i don't think you have anything to apologize for but we we just no, nope, Kevin, to... you should just apologize because guaranteed we have something to apologize for. <laughs> uh, fuck. Okay. Anyway, we got one more piece of business, Bob, and that is we're going to bring the most diverse lightning ever. <laughs> hey, 
Have you ever wondered how you can get in touch with us at The Bob and Kevin Show? Well, first, you can try us via email at comments at bobandkevinshow.com. Or are you more into social? If so, you can find us on Twitter at Bob and Kevin Show. Or on Instagram as Bob N. Kevin Show. That's Bob, the letter N, Kevin Show. And if you're still on Facebook, you can even find us at facebook.com slash Bob and Kevin Show. And for the serious business fans, you can even find us on LinkedIn at linkedin.com slash company slash the dash Bob dash Kevin dash show. How's that for a handle? Let's connect. 